just like that. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. It's a great time of the year to be a sports fan, and it just got even better with the new ProLine offer where you can earn up to $50 per week in parlay tokens. Right now, until June 25th, every wager of $15 or more on a three-pick parlay on ProLine Stadium bets or fantasy will earn you a $10 token that can be used on any sport. Tokens must be used on a parlay of three or more picks and will expire July 31st. Bet on ProLine all season long at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app. Must be 19 years of age or older. Please play responsibly. What a weekend it was here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Atlantic, Canada, Canada in general, wherever the hell you're living at. What a weekend uh, it was in terms of sports. This is uh, the High Button Podcast. The name of the company is High Button Sports, so we like to gabble, to dabble, excuse me, in sports. And when it comes to the country of Canada, you have to look at a guy like Nick Taylor that just won the RBC Canadian Open last night, uh, late Sunday afternoon. I think they went to three... uh, Three, what do you call them, overtime rounds? Whatever, it's in, it's, it's in Canada, we'll call them overtime rounds. But uh, what what a match that was uh, against Tommy Fleetwood, and uh, what, a, what a way to finish it. A 72-foot putt, um, I think it was on the 18th hole in front of the grandstands, just unbelievable, because I know they went back and forth between uh, the par three there and the 18th hole at the end. So just an unbelievable uh, cap-off to the weekend here in Canada, and... You know, tons of other things happen too. The Jays are, you know, the Jays are being the Jays. The Jays are teasing everyone. They're they're okay, and then they're not okay, and then they're okay, and then and then I'm here talking to you. So Floyd got attacked. Uh, Floyd Mayweather at the end got attacked by John Gotti the third after the the ring, uh, or sorry, after the final bell. That was kind of funny. I didn't even know he was still fighting. Woke up, looked on Twitter as I was having my coffee, and saw that. So we're going to get into it. A little in-house podcast. Myself, Justin Belanger, Jeff Warburton. What more do you want? A Monday podcast just for you and your ears. Sit at your desk, drive your kids to work. Maybe you're on a run. Maybe you're in the gym. Maybe you're doing laundry. There's millions and billions of things you could be doing right now, but we're going to be with you uh, for the next hour. So sit down, enjoy, put your feet up. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. Okay, you know what comes next. Look at us. Who's better than us right now? Monday morning, I think it's 27, maybe 28 degrees outside here in eastern Canada. Um, Phenomenal weekend. Just head to toe. Great weekend all around in terms of sports, in terms of uh, family, in terms of weather, in terms of friendship, in terms of everything. I got to see family, got to see friends, got to play golf, got to watch golf, and got to witness... uh, some other sports it was uh overall head to toe apparently it's not even summer i was gonna say it was a great kickoff to summer but i guess we're still into uh we're in spring still but either way you look at it outside to me it's summer got home i'd say around four or five o'clock last night played awful not low to my sand last night four or five o'clock in the afternoon played awful at granite i think i shot a gretzky 99 it was the worst you just you hit you hit the you're at the point where you just it's laughable. Um, but that's the thing about this podcast is that you got to be, you have to tell that you got to be honest. So yeah, I, I played awful. It's not a representation of who I am as a person or who I am as a golfer. But yeah, I did shoot a Gretzky, and I'm gonna sit here and take it like a man and and move forward. Um, but with that being said, uh, I don't want to golf anytime soon. Like I'm still a little upset about it um wow really yeah well yeah I'm, I'm pretty upset about it so i came home and watched like some motivational videos and stuff on business stuff like that <laughs> did so, you really yeah yeah I, I i thought about throwing the clubs like off the highway just like giving them to someone else it's just but you didn't triple digit come no i shot a 99 yeah a couple foot wedges in there no no foot way maybe a couple <laughs> but um yeah, came home and I just wasn't myself for sure. You just had, you had to take, you know, you get out of the shower and you just look at yourself in the mirror and you go, "Who are you? Mm. Are you the, the guy who I think you are, or are you just some 
Are you just are you just another guy? Did it feel like you lost a big game, even though there was yeah. nothing on the line? Well, that's the thing with golf. It's an individual sport. You're out there by yourself. You're grinding. You're in the heat. You're in the humidity. You're out there with the mosquitoes, with the bugs, with the mm. insects. It's you and uh, it's you versus you. And I lost yesterday. You know, I wasn't a winner. I uh, I lost. I shot a Gretzky and. I got a lot of thinking to do. I spent a lot of money on these clubs, a lot of money on these memberships and hats <laughs> and shoes and balls and teas and towels and beer and water. And Carts. I just, I got a lot of thinking to do. So, um, I just had to get that off my chest. I, I had to tell someone I told Sarah, but she didn't get it. Um, but I had to tell someone, so I'm telling you and hopefully people mm. listen to this and they know and we'll move on. Um, but speaking of, the complete opposite end of what I did yesterday. There was another Canadian out there that had a a moment that will last the rest of his life. Nick Taylor won the RBC uh, Canadian Open in Toronto. Mm-hmm. A Canadian from Winnipeg. Now, there's a lot of things out there, a lot of stories about the American dream of going to a country, winning, making money, yada, yada. But one thing you don't really hear too often is the Canadian dream. And I often think about myself in that situation of what the Canadian dream is. And it could be very similar to the American dream. Very well could be. But in terms of success in the Canadian dream, I think it has to do with winning in your own backyard. I think it has to do with representing your country to the best of your ability in other aspects of life and especially against competing against other countries like uh, like you know whoever else was on the field on the PGA tour tons of americans tommy fleetwoods from i think he's just british mm. just being able to win canadians kind of have that jokey mentality of oh he's a canadian he'll be all right laugh it off i I don't like that he's a canadian oh he's polite you know it's all right if he loses i don't like that stuff and uh to win yesterday in that field where there were some great golfers some world-class golfers and i don't know how many pga tour events are in canada per year i think just one is it just one yeah is it just the one in toronto maybe two but i'm pretty sure just one that um that was big that that was really big. That was a historical moment in not just Canadian golf history and Canadian sport history, I think. I don't know the history of golf too well. I did look up the last time a Canadian won the PG or the RBC. It wasn't even called the RBC, but the Canadian Open was, I think, 1952 was the last time a Canadian yeah, won. I think it was 69 years ago. Is that what it? Okay. Yeah. So, so either way, just to have that, um, just to have that, on the resume now as a Canadian winning, that's incredible. I don't know what the state of Canada, Canadian golf is, but looking from the crowd yesterday, um, I'd say Canadian golf is doing uh, is doing pretty well. And having a Canadian like Nick Taylor win is only going to make the sport go uh, go up and up and up. So it, it, it was incredible to see. And then the buddy, the buddy got tackled there at the end. Oh yeah, Hadwin. <laughs> yeah, for like. Canadian security, not Canadian, I shouldn't say Canadian security, but we've had the issues with like the border coming mm-hmm. back. They're tough on us at the border coming from the States. And mm-hmm. you just hear these stories of Canadian security being so yeah, above and beyond. And, the, and just to have the whole world watch that when get tackled by that security guard. And it was, cra- it was quite impressive. Like it was, it was hilarious, but that security guard too bad that wasn't an actual fan if it was a fan it would have been impressive like the the security guard would have been the hero yeah but since hadwin's on the tour the the security guard looks a little bit like an idiot (laughs) yeah yeah but good for Hadwin. i'm pretty sure hadwin just got up and laughed yeah that's a big cat said he's like this guy really thought he was doing something in the moment yeah he he thought he was making a major play here but no just awful which he would have been but yeah. like it's it's a guy on tour you got to know that and where where's a fan just going to get a random bottle of champagne obviously the guy's in some sort of vip tent to grab a bottle of champagne yeah. but let's put everything aside what a tackle because there's a great view of it from when he comes around yeah um nick taylor and just kind of just tackles the guy like his, his speed he must play some sort of college football or at least high school football he has some sort of athletic athleticism 
Mm-hmm. You don't make moves like that just by sitting on the couch every day. He's he's played some high level of competitive sport. Yeah, and he got him probably rugby or football. I saw Justin Thomas tweeted out like "Man down," like just chirping. <laughs> I know it, it puts like the eyes on Canada though in this event. Like I saw um, one of the Schefter, one of the guys who does a uh, like the NFL insider, like guy with like four million followers on Twitter, and he was like quote tweeting the RBC Canadian Open saying like this is the best angle, and it was the one you were talking about. Yeah, so, it was in 4K. Yeah, it's like moments like that do kind of, you know, put a little bit more of a spotlight on what would just be a regular PGA weekend. And it was great to see, uh, you know, there was a couple par threes there where they had hockey boards around the back, and they had people, some golfers went up, and they were like, all right, let's go, let's bang the boards here, let's have a little fun, and then some golfers didn't like it, but it was just cool to see the overall uh, energy of the golf course on TV. Mm-hmm. TSN, I'll give them credit. They did a great job with the broadcast. Like they, they golf broadcasting isn't, I don't think easy because there's not a lot happening at once, but if you're able to switch these camera angles and get some good crowd reactions and, mm-hmm. and get the camera in the right people's faces, you can make it a really entertaining broadcast. And they, they did a great job. I think it will TSN. It was on TSN. Maybe it was CBS that filmed that, like filmed it and then TSN took the broadcast. I'm not sure how that works. Well, that's how they usually do it for any broadcast. It's just broad. It's like lended to TSN to do, but I didn't know if the Canadian open, if they had like access to do their own thing or if it was the American, if it was CBS who came in and did it, but either way, either way, such a great, so if you are right on that, where it is only one event in the PGA tour in Canada a year, Mm -hmm. what a great, great, great way to finish. A Canadian winning and I think triple overtime. I don't know what you call it when it goes to extra rounds. It's just a shootout, right? Is this or, a shootout? Yeah, extra holes. Yeah, but it's in Canada, so you should call it overtime. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But just you know, and Tommy Fleetwood, he's a big golfer. That's a big name. That's a Nike sponsor. Mm. That's Tiger's guy. Mm. So it's just kind of cool to see him go head to head with that guy. Also, speaking of Tommy, class, class, class. There was a couple times where. Nick had a great chip and he chipped it, you know, within three feet of the pin or whatever. And Tommy would look over and just give him the thumbs up, like, nice shot. And then when Nick sunk the 72 foot putt, there was a camera angle right on Tommy Fleetwood and they showed his reaction and he just smiled yeah. and just laughed. That's what you want. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to finish. And yeah. I think that's not, I'm not going to say that, you know, class and sports is dying. It is what it is, but just to have a competitor in Canada who loses and have a smile on his face that makes the uh that that makes the story just even a little bit cooler knowing the guy was you know whatever it is what it is he he, he didn't lose to a 72 foot putt he lost to fate yeah you know yeah. He, it's that's what the guy said on the broadcast he's like he, he lost to fate he didn't lose to 72 foot putt it's true it is what it is and i think he's still looking for his first win on the pga fleetwood is so, he yeah yeah he's always sniffing around so this is just like another one of those heartbreaks for him but clearly he was uh okay with it i suppose this time such an interesting way to make a living how you can like lose finish 16th and still make 100 grand M's man that you could, know he's still making like millions off that second place but yeah but man it's tough golf is tough yeah like i don't like yeah and you want to give your opinions on the merger right <laughs> i can i can Man, it's, it's so out of my pay grade. But we spend all this time talking about golf. It's kind of odd just to ignore. Yeah, it's fair. It's I'm not ignoring it. I All I can do is put myself in the shoes of the guys on the PGA that were true to the brand and didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, a pizza party's not going to do it. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I need to be compensated millions and millions and millions of dollars yeah. in order for me to compete against phil mickelson again in order for me to compete against dj again in order yeah. for me to compete against brooks again if i'm on the pga tour and i'm a top five player top 10 player even if i didn't get an offer i'd i'd lie i'd be like yeah i got an offer you know 80 mil I, I you know at least give me 50 yeah you know i got an offer maybe it's not on paper it's not documented but i you know yeah. I got an offer. Yeah. You, you, you just, you you can't. I understand money talks, bullshit walks. I 100% get that. 
but you're talking about generational wealth. You're yeah. talking you're talking about money that's going to set your great grandchildren up, and you you'll do anything to protect that. You'll do anything to protect your legacy. Mm. It's, yeah, it's not, it, it's not even about golf at this point. It's about personal. Well, well, how many times in sports ever? I'd be curious. Like, have we seen people literally miss out on three hundred to eight hundred million dollars? Nah, maybe just, soccer. Maybe just from what we know, it's at least you know a hundred and four like or you know what is that 1.4 billion mm. 300 to rory 800 to tiger i think it was around 300 to hideki so right there man. Well, yeah that's the thing if you are tiger and if you are rory whatever it's you're not going to get the bag from the pga guys you're going to get the bag from the live guys so you just go okay we're merging oh that's awesome but I still want my money that was guaranteed to me. If if, if I'm because technically Tiger yeah. Tiger Woods technically now is playing for the Live Golf no, Tour. No, you know it doesn't work like that. Man, so what's what's it going to be called? What's the what's I, the tour going to be called? The PGA. I don't know, tour but still? I doubt the L, the LA the Live guys are going to come back and say, "Oh yeah, all that money we guaranteed you. Here it is." No, I <laughs> you know that, but, contracts but, don't no, work like that. I agree with you, but yeah. that but that's where my stance would be. You yeah. need, you need to shoot for the moon and land among the stars mm. you need to shoot for that 800 million and then end up with 500 you you, yeah. you need you need to shoot for the stars no you need to shoot for the moon and land among the stars in that situation and you need to hire some great lawyers i don't know some auditors something to be able to find you some millions because there's millions right now in the golf world just lying around there's millions yeah. over here. There's a couple mil over here. Who's this guy? Okay, he has a couple. There's millions of dollars laying around in the golf world right now. It's just up to the smartest people in the sports industry to go find it for their clients. Yeah. I, and that, that's why I'm not – I don't have, like, a, a strong opinion on it. It's just mm. – I, I don't I don't know what's right and what's wrong in that world. But I do know what the PGA the, – the, who's the commissioner there, buddy? Bringing up nine eleven—that's dog shit. You oh, can't man. do that. That's that, that's American propaganda. Yeah, you can't be not not. Well, sorry, not the nine eleven's propaganda. That, that's not what I meant. I meant you can't be bringing up the past and blaming it on a live golf tour. You that that's yeah. That's that that's low. low. That's very yeah. very very low. You look terrible. Yeah. Well, we never see leagues like merge like this. You know, in to the 2020s or whatever it's unheard of the nhl did it way back in the day when they did the nhl and the wha the nfl did it with the afl and the nfl all these mergers happened you know 60 years ago so it's just unheard of to see it happen in 2023 yeah it's you know it's just no one would have expected this a year ago we were probably sitting here talking about the rivalry between the two yeah so i'd like to see the financial growth of golf in the past five years just with the pandemic and how much popular mm. it's become. It'd be interesting to see how much more money these television networks are bringing in through advertising. Because I know I wasn't watching golf on TV four or five years ago. You weren't even playing golf. I wasn't even playing golf. No. But think about t companies like Titleist, Callaway, TaylorMade, Vice. I don't know if they make clubs. But, <laughs> you know, all these companies out here that are making golf equipment, I'd love to see their... Uh, their income statements for sure because they're definitely raking billions and billions more than they were four to five years ago mm, even, you had, you, yeah you know and, and if there, if there's more people playing that means there's more people watching and if there's more people watching that means there's more dollars coming in on advertising did anyone else benefit as much off the covid uh, pandemic or people sitting around for those like pandemic than golf like in terms of sports, let's leave all the other stuff out of it. But sports, nothing no. blew up bigger than golf. No, because you could still play it. It was outside. All you had to do was leave the fans at home. So I don't even know if they shut it down for more than a couple months. Yeah, yeah. I know they were it. they were still playing in Europe for a while. They were still you could yep. watch it exactly. Yep. No golf. That's that's it's a good point. Golf has benefited tremendously off this thing we like to call the pandemic. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Really great investment though by Liv. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Liv's going to have the best players for years and years and years and years. The best players coming up. If they've truly partnered, from what they're saying, with the PGA Tour, which is deeply, 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 deeply embedded into American culture, golf culture. The PGA Tour, man, that is the gold standard for golf. Every single mm. tour probably wants the tour. I want to tour. I want to partner with the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour, that's just... That's the NHL. That's the NBA. That's the yeah. NFL. Well, maybe not. You can't compare it to the NFL, but it's the PGA Tour. It is deeply embedded with 
history of America. Yeah. Which I, is a powerhouse when it comes to the sport. We just got back from there. It is. Sport. Yeah. That place revolves around sports. <laughs> Going into rinks with 10 ice pads in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, people love sports in America. Yeah. Yeah. And a name, and or excuse me, in three letters like PGA that has the history of some of the greatest, if not, well, not some, all the greatest golfers of all time. And for mm. Liv to come in, how, how long has Liv been around? A year? Yeah, two? but all Liv is doing is just like basically getting bought. In my, like, if they just keep it called the PGA, like, what are they really benefiting? Like, they'll make money, but it'll just be like another side company being Well, that's bought. all I said. I said it's a hell of an investment. Yeah. That's all. It's a hell of an investment. Just to be part of the PGA, even if Liv dies and the format and all the teams and all the TV yeah. deals and all the YouTube streams, all that dies. You're just saying they're happy to just be attached to the PGA name at this point. Yeah. Well, they're happy to be making billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's a good Companies point. do get bought and then, you know, it goes down the tube. So it might just be PGA, like, playing dick swinging contest and buying, you know, buying them out. I'd always, I've always wondered of a guy that's sitting there that has, you know, $600 million in his bank account. Does he really need to fight for $500 million more? You know, I've, I've always, you know, when, how do you... How do you get up off a couch with that much money in your account and go, I need this much more five. You know, I need half, you know, that that's, well, yeah. It probably depends on the person, right? Yeah. Everyone's different. No, you know? like even, I don't know, that's way too much. Let's say you just have like a 60 mil. Mm. Like, do you really need to get up off the couch and go, you know what I need? Yeah. Eight, I need 80 million more. Like how, like, yeah. you know, how much know. is how much? But like, like, how much do you need? Life is kind of about the drive, right? The drive. It's like you make this much. All right, I've reached the peak. But then when people reach the peak, they get bored. And That's fair. You know what I mean? So you're always just pushing. Like, oh, I made sixty mil. How do I turn that into a hundred mil? So, and you don't make sixty mil unless you're a motivated, motivated individual. So if you can make that much, that's a good point. You may as well just keep pushing it, right? I did listen to this interview yesterday. Caleb Presley with a marshmallow, you know, the EDM guy, huge. And he goes, how much money do you have? And he goes, I honestly have no idea. (laughs) He just has so much money. He doesn't even know how much it is anymore. He just knows he'll always just have money. Really? Yeah. Imagine just not knowing how much money you have. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't imagine that. Um, but yeah, that's my stance on it. If you're on the PGA tour and you didn't take the live money, you got to go find that money because you're you, you're owed something. Just make sure you go get it. Yeah. Um, Floyd Mayweather. I really don't know too much about this. I woke up and it was my morning coffee video. Mm-hmm. Uh, is still fighting apparently. He fought John Gotti the third. The the fight was over. The final bell was rung. But this Gotti individual individual still wanted a piece of Floyd Mayweather. Goes back to the point I just made. How much money is how much money? Like Floyd. Oh man, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, he's on another level. Like how much money is how? How much money? Why are you in a ring fighting a guy named John Gotti the <laughs> Third? Yeah, well, <laughs> for, for money. Well, just... Floyd's known for being notoriously bad with money and stupid, so he <laughs> might actually need it. But yeah, it is absurd to think. A 50 and 0 professional boxer is doing exhibition matches at 50 years old to make a couple mil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was mind blown. Like, I woke up, I was like, oh, this must be an old clip. Mm. I was like, no, it was last night. Yeah. So that's that, that, was, that, that shocked. That was mind blowing. Yeah. Did you see the UFC speaking to Canada? I was in Canada for the first time since the pandemic this weekend. Wait, where was it? U- uh, Vancouver. No way. The UFC, Dana White, everyone pulled up. Amanda Nunez uh, retired, a legend of the female game, retired right on Canadian soil. Uh, you know, Oliveira, he was probably the other big fighter on the card. He took care of his guy. It was a big event. They say they're going to go to Toronto. So, the GSP there? Was he in the crowd? I don't think so. No, <laughs> he should have been though. If he wasn't, maybe he was. That sport is one of the most like the tremendous amount of respect for the people that do that. How can you imagine if you were a fighter and you're sitting there in the waiting room or the, the dressing room? And it's like, all right, Jeff, you're up. And as you're going out, you're watching the guy that just got knocked out come out on a stretcher and getting, you yeah. know, you, you know, and he's about to go yeah. to the hospital. And now, all right, Jeff, you're up. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. And you're only doing it for 15K. <laughs> Is that a- no, no, yes. no, 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 yes. no, 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 yes, no, no, yes, yes, yes. Dude, if you're no, not on the top no. of those cards, 
it is a huge thing in MMA how much the, how little they make. If you fight four times in a year and you're on the bottom of the card, you'll make like a hundred grand for fights. It feels like a big stage because you're in front of everyone. It's the UFC, but they have so many people on the roster. And Dana White, in my opinion, is such a scumbag that these people just get, you know, they get buried. And they're, like you said, to get knocked out for a living. So oh, no. it's a bit of a weird sport in that sense. But that's what they do because they go and they fight for the performance bonus. Because if you get knocked out of the night, you get 50K on top of what you got for winning or showing up. So if you show up and lose, like you're making very little money. If you go up and have a sick knockout, you can make 65k, and that could change your entire year. So that's why these guys go out and like swing for the fences because they're trying to get that extra 50. If they know if they don't, they're only making 20. Yeah, tremendous amount of respect <laughs> for those guys. That 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 job just got even harder. Yeah, the amount of discipline you have to have to do that—not even physical, but just mental. Just 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 knowing that you have to go out there and literally fight for your life make no mistake you can die in one of those matches i don't know if it's ever happened recently but you can uh, there was actually a boxer that got hit on the side of the head like a year ago and now he's uh he's paralyzed i mm -hmm. think and just like that it's just so scary I, that's something you just need to have a different thing in you definitely it's just one thing i don't have in me you have to have even just going out for like a that rough and rowdy thing like i can't i'm not i'm the biggest <laughs> pussy there is i i would never well, you fought in hockey before, haven't you? Yeah, but that's when you're just like fighting in hockey is you're you're pissed off. I don't I, I can't sit in a dressing room and go, "All right, Justin, you're up. You got to go fight now." I'm not pissed off. I'm sitting there. I'm comfy. Mm. Probably having a coffee. Like I don't want to go fight. You never have any desire to just let your anger out and go wail on someone legally. Yeah. <laughs> Who has? There you go. These guys get to do that. <laughs> All the rest of us would be yeah. caught with an assault charge. But that guy didn't do anything to me. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird, weird one. Like, it, it, I can't get upset. It has to be personal. But you know the adrenaline aspect of it. Like, when you were in those hockey fights, I'm sure your adrenaline is just through the absolute roof. It's just the same with them. Like, you go into that ring, that bell rings. It doesn't matter who you're across from. Your adrenaline's kicking in and you're swinging. It is true. Right? You, like, I was in, like, fights when I, like, was in junior high, and all I remember was just not remembering anything about the fights after. Yeah, you black out. Even you if black you out. Even if you don't get knocked out, you black out. You just you go, into, you go into a rage mode. Yeah, and then you, like, look in the wall, and there's, like, a mark in the junior high locker room wall, and you're like, oh, that was from our fight? I have no recollection of that. <laughs> yeah, you got to be a different beast to be able to go do that. Crazy. Yeah. Um... Went to a Wanderers game this uh, past weekend. Tremendous, tremendous. Um, haven't been since, haven't been in a while. Uh, my friend called me, when was the game? Saturday, I think. Uh, maybe shot me a text around 10 a.m. Said the game's at 2, do you want to come? He had, uh, he had like a private box. I was like, absolutely, let's go. Hey. I don't know too much about soccer, but great event you don't really you don't really need to know too much about soccer to to have fun there it was uh really good for like networking really good uh, just to get out and see the city and there's a, a a passionate fan base people go nuts when they score they have these blue flares and whenever they score mm -hmm. they light these flares up and you can't breathe for a minute and it's crazy yeah and after the game you're you're walking to the car and you see the players and they're like signing autographs and stuff and it it like there's a true passionate fan base here for the Halifax Wanderers. And I haven't, like I said, I haven't been in two to three years. I forget the last game I was at, um, but I was impressed. It was a really, uh, it was really not the, the game was good. Sure. But the overall fan experience I thought was great. There was no lineup for beer. There was never a lineup for food. There was never a lineup for the washroom. Mm -hmm. Like everything just ran really smoothly. I know that the owner's trying to get a new stadium because they don't have running water and things like yeah. that. But, you know, for the time being, if I I had no complaints. Dude, what it a was, spot, eh, downtown there? Like, right, like where they're located? And we went, and it was raining for a bit, but I, I didn't care. I was still having a great time. It, it, it was awesome. There, mm. there, there was no complaints. I met a lot of cool people. Um I didn't spend a ton of money. Well, actually, I didn't spend any money. It was on the company. <laughs> Our company or their no, company? No, the, the company. I was, <laughs> yeah. the, my buddy's company that I was with. Um, 
but no, nonetheless, it was just a, a great overall experience. I don't know how many more games are left in the year, but I'm definitely going to try to get back, especially if we got that box again. But it was, uh, you know, it was a great time. You should go. Yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, haven't had the box experience, but I've been amongst the fans and it is nice. We Did did they have like drinks and food in the box or was it kind of like you had to go down? What well, was it? yeah, we, we, he, he was supposed to order pizzas, but he put the order in too late. So the lady was like, no, you put the order in too late, so you're not going to get uh, the pizzas. So <laughs> he just had the company credit card, and then we went to uh, Bud the Spud, saw Dickie. Oh, nice. And then we just bought like eight cheeseburgers, eight fries, and we brought them back, and everyone just kind of munched on the burgers. And damn, that was good enough. I'm not going to complain. Free food, free beer. It was a, you know, life's pretty good. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. And it was on a Saturday, too, you know? And then after that, we went to we, the guy who invited me. We went back to his place later that night, saw some friends. Just an overall great weekend. It's the little things in life. It's funny how you grow up and you just want the big things, but it's not about the big things. It's just about the little things. Just the little yeah. things. Just be able to say, hey, buddy. Hey, hey man, how are you? Just a guy you grew up with. Hey, how's life? How's the kid? How's the wife? How's work? Yeah. That's, Actually, yeah, you don't even really ask about work, but <laughs> that's why I do all the extra like hockey and softball, and why you do the golf. It's like you just gotta have little things to look forward to, right? Oh, hundred percent. Circled in around all that other big things. Yeah, yeah, the big things are they're all right, they're good, but yeah, the little things are what the little things are, and they're a lot yeah. of fun. Um, I do want to give how much time are we at right now? Thirty-one. I want to give a shout out to um. Everyone that was drafted in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League draft. But before I do the shout-outs, I got the list of names here. Jeff wrote them down. I'm going to try to read them all off and not butcher them. Um, the guys that didn't get drafted, because those are my guys. The guys that mm. didn't get drafted. You're you're here with me right now in the High Button Sports Studio. I'm thinking of you. You're thinking the world's over. You're thinking life's over. You're thinking I'm not going to have any friends, maybe. You're not, You're thinking... I'm just a failure. I don't know what you're thinking, but I know I wasn't having a good week the week of the Quebec draft when I didn't get selected. Um, dude, it's not over. You're going to be fine. Use this as motivation. Squat heavier. Work harder. Work on your shot. Become a better skater. There's so many things you can do to work on to be on a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League team. And also, you can look at this as another option of maybe you're not supposed to go to the queue. Maybe you wait a couple years and develop and then go to the NCAA, which I kind of, at this point in my life, wish I did. I think you can have a little bit more of a better story when it's all said and done if you go down to the States and play college. Hmm. Um, but just don't think that this is uh, this is the end of your hockey career. A lot of you guys are, what, 15, 16 years old. You're so young. You have so much time to grow and develop as a, as a hockey player. Um, use it as fuel. Use it as motivation. I know it's so cliche, but before you know it, you'll be 20 years old, and you have to think about it. What would you rather be doing between the ages of 16 and 20, sitting around moping, going, ah, well, I could have got drafted, but I didn't, or you could think about this and be like, look, I'm better than each and every single guy that got drafted, and I wasn't even drafted. I wasn't drafted and played in the queue. Uh, the day I didn't get drafted, it was awful. Went for a run, worked out, just put myself through hell. But I didn't let it affect me. You just have to keep on working. And over time, you'll see these little, little steps of improvement in your game. And the next thing you know, you'll be on a Q roster. You'll be down in the NCAA. And you'll uh, you'll be killing it. So don't let this uh, affect you. Um, you'll be better off. And just know that I was in your shoes. And... You'll be good. Um, to everyone that was drafted, congrats. I'm going to try to list off these names. How many names do we got, Jeff? Even these names over here, these too? Are, yeah. These are just the Nova Scotians. And before we go, I would say we would have commentated a lot of these guys at the QMJHL Cup last year. I'm pretty sure each and every one of them. So, you know, you know, a little high-button connection. Get in there. High-button connection. If I butcher some of these names, I apologize. Just know it's all love. What's it when you can't read that well? Dyslexic? Yeah. Dyslexic. I don't know if that has anything to do with reading names, but here we go. Cole Chandler. Owen Conrad. Luke Foley. Rory Pilling. Logan Roop. Brady Peddle. Drew Allison. Easton Schlender. 
Jacob Rhino, Ben Lindsay, Logan Quinn, Luke Sinclair, Cohen Stoddard, Kingsley Austin, Brandon Lavoie, Jack Hain, Connor F- Hain? Jack Hayne, sorry, Jeff was saying something in the back. If I, if I don't say it right, just tell me. Connor Faustin. Luke Legger. Legier. Legier. Luke Legier. Kenzie Wagner. Sam Maggett. Madget. 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 Yeah. Landon Ryan. Jonathan Coombs. Maddox. <laughs> Marmale? Marmlek? 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 Sounds about right. Yeah. And Tucker. Man, you're. you're Tucker Mackinnon. Your handwriting is getting worse as it goes on. <laughs> yeah, I know. that. That's kind of. A your thing. hand was getting tired. You could tell. <laughs> and Tucker Mackinnon. Yeah, yeah. And a special shout out to a couple of those guys Chandler, Mackinnon, Rhino have all been on the high button streams the past two or three years couple of former Bedford Barons, a couple Steel Subaru, a couple Dartmouth Whalers, Darcy as well. So shout out to those guys so especially. Congrats to all you fellas. Well done. Keep working hard because just know those kids that didn't get drafted, they're going to be working hard too coming for your spot. So just know that. But congrats to all you fellas. That's awesome. Um, I wish you nothing but the best uh, when it comes to your success and your young hockey careers. Keep working hard. Enjoy your summers. And uh, yeah, you'll be just fine. That's the best feeling though, like coming out, coming into a summer when you, I got drafted into the junior A draft. That was fun. Just mm. knowing that there's like an organization out there that like likes your game. It's a good feeling as a young kid. Cause as you grow up, you don't really, well, I guess maybe in Bantam, see, I, I still, I'm still confused about how these U16, U13 division yeah. stuff works. And if you have to go to a team or if a team wants you there, that's very confusing to me. I try to keep my head out of it, but I, I know at this certain age when you get drafted and teams want you, it's a great feeling. It's a, it's cool. Yeah. It's almost like you're applying for a job, but jobs are applying for you. It's like, oh no, Jeff, I want you to come here and work for us. It's a nice feeling. Yeah, you, you feel wanted. Feel wanted. Every, everyone wants to feel wanted. Yeah, you want to feel wanted. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, but man, there's pressure. Like, God, I remember walking in. So when I went to my first Mooseheads camp, I'll never forget this. I walk in. There's like the first day. There was like five dressing rooms because it's no. There's no cuts. So there's like you know. There's almost like sixty kids. Oh yeah. And I go up to the front. I'm like, hi, I'm Justin Belanger. I'm here to try out. And they're like, okay, yeah, great, Belanger. Here you go, room four. I'm like, okay, great, let's do it. So I, I walk. <laughs> so I walk into the room. I walk into the room, and I'm like, okay, room four, perfect. Here it is. And I'm going because everyone has their. Um, their name on the locker so i walk in i'm like all right belanger nope belanger nope belanger nope belanger nope so i'm looking around no belanger so first day like when you go to these camps you just as much as you want to be seen you don't want to be a nuisance no you just want to get on the ice work your bag off go home make it you don't want to be the guy going hey um i don't see a belanger stall anywhere where do i sit so I don't remember that. So then, I, so I, so then, everyone was the first day of camp. Everyone's so busy, so I'm not gonna bother anyone. So I just go to room one, three, one, two, three. I skip four, and then I go to five because I'm just looking for Belanger anywhere. So I go to all five rooms. There's no Belanger anywhere. So eventually, I just asked the trainer. I was just like, "Hey, like I'm Justin Belanger. Where do I sit? Like I, I was told room four. There's no." Like, where do I go? Yeah. And even he didn't know. No. So I remember I just, I, I stuck with room. I think it was room four, whatever. And I I just, I pulled up like a, like a chair. Just like a, it was like a, it was like a chair. Yeah. Right by the washroom. I didn't even have a jersey. I was, hey, I was like, tried the trainer. I was like, hey man, I don't have a, because everyone's jersey yeah. was hung. So I didn't even have a stall. And it was just the worst, like the worst way to, uh, and like, that's like nightmare fuel. man. Oh, it was awful. And you go into the room and you see guys names up there that are already like on the team. Yeah. And like in their stall, they have like a box of 
you know, 10 fresh seas or back then it was bow or fresh 10 bow or sticks. Oh. And you see them come out with the sticks and they take them out of the, the, the wrapper and they're like, this isn't my curve. I don't like, like, and they're complaining about like the 10 free sticks they got. I don't even have a stall. Oh, it's just with your face like rat. Well, you just beat rat, or did you just try to like put it away in your mind? You just got to put it away. You just have to. You, you, honestly, you can't even use it as fuel. You're just like you're embarrassed. Mm. You, you don't know anyone. There's a bunch of like kids from Quebec there. Yeah, you don't know any of these guys on the team. You know some guys on the team, but like maybe they're in a different dressing room. <laughs> I just remember it was in Cold Harbor Place. I don't know if you've ever been in that th- th- those rooms, but they're not the prettiest. And there's just like a little corner right by the washroom. And the corner's not that big. So every time someone had to go in and take a piss, I'd have to like do the shimmy shuffle so they can get through the door. Yeah. And I'm, oh, it was it was just bad. <laughs> just a bad first couple of days. But I, I, so that first year, I didn't make the team. But I made it all the way to the last cut. So I was, mm. the, I was like the 14th forward cut or something like that. So going from not having a stall to the last cut i'll take that definitely did they move people out so you got a stall like halfway through camp because like you're like oh that guy just got cut let me just slide in here you stuck with your chair at the washroom i stuck with my chair at that point i wanted to like stick it to them mm-hmm. like i was almost mad chip at them. on the uh, shoulder exactly i was definitely. like no 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 i don't need a stall i'm gonna sit right like i remember there was a point where a guy was like oh no we can just move you down to room four yeah but no i'm like because the the rooms were divided up into teams yeah so my team was dressing room four. We wore the green jerseys. Room one wore the red jerseys. Yeah. Room two, you know, so... The shitty practice jerseys. Yeah, the, yeah. Ja- the practice jersey. So I was like, no, like, this is my team. I'm in room four. I'm staying in room four, and I'm sitting in this chair. And I remember we, I, I used it at that point as fuel. Like, after you get out there and you skate and you, you get a couple hits in, you joke around with mm. your team, like, you feel a little bit more comfortable... And by the end of it, the boys were like making fun of me in the corner. But that's what you want. You yeah. want to get chirped. That that means you're accepted. Yeah. And that's the, maybe not today. They think it's it's bad. But you know, back then, if you got chirped and made fun of, like, boom, you're in. That's great. Yeah. Because then you just give it right back. And I remember as kids were getting cut, you just the confidence goes. So kids are leaving. You know, the trainer goes in and goes, "Hey, like Billy Dean." Uh, Joe, coach wants to see you. And right away you go, boom, they're getting cut. And then as kids are going, that just gives you more confidence throughout camp. You go, okay, so I do kind of belong here. Okay, so at least I'm better than those three guys. And then you find out, okay, nine guys got cut. Okay, now 20 guys just got cut. Okay, now 40 guys just got cut. And it's basically the team. It, It did suck being the last cut, but going to play junior a after that gave me a lot of confidence knowing i'm one cut away from being on a q team yeah and then i had a really good junior a year that first year just from the confidence from that definitely that uh that first q camp yeah because it's like if you get the first cut and you go to junior a like you're in the dumps you're like what are we doing here but if you make that last cut like those cuts are immense for your confidence so oh yeah by the end of it you're just rolling into junior a like i'm about to light this league up and you just ride that all season long and give it another go. Yeah. But if you're that first cut, you're battling that season. Yeah. And it was cool because it was in my backyard. And mm. I remember the guy on the team, Jared Grant, uh, was on the team. And he was from – he was like a, a lock. He was on the team. And he lived in the north end. So all the practices were in Cole Harbor. And back when I was living at my parents' place, we had um, an extra car. But usually with that, the moose heads, they have like a billet guy that picks everyone up. Mm-hmm. But me and him, most of the billets, they live in Dartmouth and Cole Harbor. Me and Jared were the only guys over in Halifax. And when we had to start going to the practice, because training camp's like a month long. It's, it's it was Oh, like, really? Oh, man, it's long and grueling and not fun. And I remember when it came down to like the last, you know, 20, 10 cuts or whatever, uh, my dad went away for work, so there was an extra car at the house. So I got to get the car, and then I just went to go pick up Jared. Then me and Jared went over to camp together, and it made me feel better knowing that me and a guy already on the team were rolling to camp together. Definitely. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And Jared was a really well liked guy on that team. He was he's just he's the he's the local guy, so everyone always kind of just went to him for advice for things to do in the city. He's just a well liked guy in general, but it just gave me even that little bit more confidence 
going to pick up Jared than me and Jared rolling the coal harbor together. Yeah, it's like going, when you go to a party and you don't know a lot of people, but you know one of the big dogs there, and you kind of just like attach to the hip, and then the rest of the night you just like you, you know you get that respect because you know the one guy. You just whatever you can do. Yeah, any like any advice for these guys, like the names that we just lift up, listed off, or anyone that's like a like an invite to go to these camps, just f- like find a way. Maybe you already have all the confidence in the world. So maybe don't take this advice if you're one of those guys. But I definitely didn't have the confidence rolling in. I had a good midget career. I was like a good midget player. But going into the camp, I just didn't have that confidence right out the bat. But find ways to gain your confidence quickly. And ways you do that is like, uh, don't even worry about scoring. Just like get into the game quick. Give a hit. Take a hit. Um, you know, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say snow a goalie, but just like find a, <laughs> find a way to be involved in the game quick. Even I don't want to say take a penalty, but just like do something to get noticed quickly yeah. because that'll get you under your feet. And yeah. then you just start to realize that it's just another hockey game or it's just another scrimmage because all these guys have been playing hockey their whole life and they'll go into these camps and forget that they're just playing hockey with guys that are just a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. The puck's a little bit harder. The shots are a little bit harder. The passes are a little bit more crisp. And sometimes you forget that because you see the Q logo. Yeah. You see that the team logo, you see, you yeah. know, all these GMs up in the booth scouting you and you, you, you get um, distracted by that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, yeah, just find a way really quickly to get involved yeah, and find a way to gain confidence. And, and by gaining confidence, you just have to, you know, make, make a mistake. Just, I don't know, just do something yeah. to remind yourself that you're a hockey player. Getting like an intense board battle where like all yeah. the eyes are on you, but you don't take a penalty and you make like a good play, keeping it in the zone or heading in front of the net and like taking on someone in front, getting some shots low, some rebounds going, like stuff like that, right? Right yeah. away. Just know your, do things in your game. One more piece of it. How much time are we at right now? Uh, 47. So one more piece of advice, I think is probably one of the better pieces of advice I was ever given that I'll give to you guys and girls. Um, the, the next step of going to junior hockey is the step where you go from midget, whatever, and you're the best player and you think you're going to go to junior and you think you're going to be the best player. Unless you're Nathan McKinnon or Sidney Crosby or whoever, you're not going to be that guy. So, Get on the ice, like I said, take a hit, but find your role. I'm not saying go out there and fight. I don't even know if you can fight anymore. All I'm saying is go in and find your role. If you are that first line guy, go for it. But I'm just telling you right now, the first line, the top six guys as a young guy going in, it's not gonna it's gonna be tough for you to get there. So you're gonna be on the bottom six. Find a way in the bottom six to become effective. Be on the defensive side of the puck. When you're changing, skate hard to the bench. The bench. If you have a teammate that scores, make sure that you're the first guy there to give me old tap on the ass, a nice goal. Just make sure you find ways to be effective in a different role. And I know that can be tough because you could come from midget and put up mm. 20, 30 goals. And that's you think you're you know you're on the power play. But the quicker you get that out of your head and find ways to be effective on the, the fourth, the third line as a young guy, the, the better off you will be in that training camp and the further you'll go. You might not make the team, but that's one thing I did. I knew I wasn't that top guy and I just found little things because those GMs, they're all they're all hockey players. They mm-hmm. all know how to play the game. They all know the game within the game. They know how to be in the right place at the right time when they played. So that's all you have to do. You have to be defensively smart. If there's a battle on the boards, make sure that your body is in front of your goaltender. Make sure that you're chipping the puck in. Make sure you're forechecking hard. Make sure you're not turning pucks over. I definitely recommend don't make any passes at the blue line. Like Just get it in. Just get the puck deep yeah. at the very beginning. Like Find your feet. Yeah. And just find your role. And just find a way to be seen at the end of the day. If you go through there and those GMs have their meeting, all right, who are we cutting, this guy or this guy? If you're the guy that just wasn't seen compared to the guy that made a couple mistakes, they'll probably pick the guy who made a couple mistakes because at least he tried. At least he he put his balls on the line and tried to to do something. The guy that didn't really get seen, yeah, he's scared to even put his balls on the line to do something. Yeah. So don't be afraid to try and make mistakes because well, you know, don't make mistakes all the time. But at the very beginning of camp, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just get yeah. out there and find your groove. And the only way to find your groove is to make mistakes. 
Yeah, the worst thing you can be is unnoticeable. Can't be unnoticeable. Was, yeah, and think about all those NHLers and guys in the sea. Any player who played high level, they were the best play. Any of those guys at the Moose Camp, they were the best player on their team growing up all the way. They scored goals at Will and Midget Bantam, but not every team is going to be full of that. So, you know, there's other roles to fill, yeah. like find your role and go get it. And do the little things. Like, I remember... I shouldn't be giving these are good little tip tidbits, but like, you know, if you guys have a practice, make sure that you're the guy that's sticking around to pick the pucks up. Mm. You know, like if you're in the dressing room and like the boys are leaving, they're done showering and you got to go like, just do your two cents. And maybe if you see like a ball of tape on the ground, pick up that ball of tape and just chuck it in the garbage. You see a couple towels that like aren't in the bin, pick up the towels and like help the trainer out to put the towels away. And, you, you, you just it's not just on the ice at these camps it's every just people talk especially these coaches gms and the coaches and gms go to the trainers and guess where the trainers are they're in the room next to you so i'm not saying if the trainer's there you know suck up yeah and make, make an ass of make yourself. it and pick up tape and yeah. do that but just just be aware that it's not just on the ice that everyone's looking at it's off the ice it's how you show up to camp it's is, is the guy's shirt tucked in is uh is he ready to go is you know there's just little things off the ice that count and if you can make sure that you get noticed in that aspect it can help for sure because a coach would rather coach an individual that's willing to learn and rather than a guy who's stuck in his ego and doesn't want to pick up that tape or you know pick up the towel that's on the ground or hang up his jersey in his stall that's another thing make sure your stall's clean like you know like make sure you put if you get to keep your gear there like put your elbow pads away correctly make sure your helmet's straight make sure you hunt your you hang up your your pants make sure you fold your socks at the end put them back nicely just anything to get you noticed anything literally anything and you should uh, you should it'll help you go a little bit yeah. further anything yeah and you might end up with a mooseheads battle in nova scotia jersey hung up yeah. in your basement one day eight games played <laughs> <laughs> yeah all of us to say he had eight games yeah no. uh, <laughs> But it's fun. Like, it's a yeah. great time of life. You learn a lot because, you, you know, it's it's the first time where, not that my parents were, like, in my hockey career, but it's the first time where parents are absolutely, no one's going up to Cam Russell going, hey, my son should be on the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like, in midget, you can do that. Yeah. In Bantam, you, in every league. But, Definitely. But junior, it's, it's a first step of, like, being a pro, essentially. It's the first step of you're only going to go as far as you can take yourself. No one's going to help you. No one's going to give it to you. So it's a cool lesson to learn at the age of 16 or however old these kids are going to camp. But yeah, it's sick. It's fun. Yeah. And the glory's there too if you can win, especially in a city like Halifax. Yeah. We'll see. Um, is there anything else I'm missing? Do you want to give a shout out to your mom's book thing? Or you already uh, did that? She's rolling around. She's rolling along with that thing. But uh, I will say Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal this weekend. We were talking about Canadian events. Yeah. The F1 is in Montreal. They come every year at this exact weekend because it's the nicest weekend in Montreal, supposedly. Um, so, shout out to Ferrari and Charles Leclerc. Hopefully, they can finally win, but probably not. Man, that would be a fun weekend to be in. I, I'm jealous of the people that love F1. Like when they, mm. when I'm around people and they talk about F1 and the in the racers and the cars they're driving, they they look like little children. Like they look so excited to talk about it. I just, I don't get, I don't have I it in me. I should have worn my Ferrari shirt today. I'm an yeah, idiot. you should have. <laughs> I'll Photoshop it, it in. It starts today. Uh, it starts Thursday, but it's like this upcoming weekend. This is the, this is the weekend Thursday to Sunday. Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be on t- TV. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll, so it'll be on like today. Like this today. Well, it'll be on Thursday, yeah. Oh, Thursday's Monday. Today's Monday, yeah. Oh my bad. But yeah, it's like this is their weekend for it. They always have it here, so it's sick too, eh? Montreal, it's on the water there. What the track? Yeah. Oh, like old Montreal down there. Yeah, yeah, it's unreal. I heard it's going to Vegas too. Like they're going to be yep. going down the Strip. Yeah, this is the first year they're doing it on the Strip. They're like they just spent like dude like I don't know how much, but M's and M's and maybe B's on redoing the entire like strip like roads I think just for in, this in preparation for it yeah really yeah it's costing a lot of money but you know F1's become westernized so <laughs> three races in the states one in Canada that's what it is a couple in Mexico I think uh, well yeah. like I said I don't really know much about it but if you're a fan of that I hope that you guys can enjoy it and watch your uh, watch your F1 I know the US opens on this starting Thursday too in Los Angeles Jeez. oh there's oh man like 
You got to get out on the course. Come on. Get rid of this little funk. Get out tomorrow and shoot a Crosby at least. No. (laughs) There's a rumor actually at Granite that he played there and like he had uh, like a a one foot gimme to shoot an 86, but missed it on purpose to shoot an 87. (laughs) It's like a, it's like a rumor. Yeah. Clubhouse lore. It is. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a rumor. (laughs) That's so funny. If he ever comes on, I'll ask him. Yeah. But no, tons, like just, you know, there's a, like sports, man. Yeah. Is it bad to like sports this much? No. (laughs) Better to like sports and like guns and stuff, I guess. Right. Yeah. Is sports is that a vice? No, there's nothing wrong with watching sports. No, I'd say no. <laughs> Our entire lives revolve around yeah. it. So we turned not. out okay, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Sports, big weekend in sports. Sports. Yeah, you going to any Jays games this year? Are you, over, are you over that? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> probably not. You? Oh, you're going? Yeah, up there two weeks. Going up. Oh yeah, That'll be a good one. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Get out of, uh, you know, it would be weird not being on a work trip, though. It costs a lot more money when you're not on a work trip. I could say that much. Yeah, you're making me pay for everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's. Uh, no, you got to get out. Fun. You got to enjoy these times right now because as soon as August, September hits, we're, we're flat out till. Yeah. I always, I was saying this to my buddies I was golfing with the other day. Like they're in the landscaping business and they're just. Just, you know, they're busy as hell right now, and they're basically explaining their life. They're basically explaining my life to me, but in the winter. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. They were like, yeah, like in the winter, I didn't do much because it didn't snow. They usually do snow removal, but Mm. it didn't, so they weren't busy at all this winter. And I'm like, that's kind of, not that we're not busy. It's just, I I just need a minute to sit and think. It's just, definitely. there's a potential that we could be doing, you know. 10,000 games this winter yeah like you never know you just you gotta sit and you gotta think not that i'm ready i'm ready for it i'm ready for war but you just you gotta calm before the storm definitely all right let's wrap this up uh everyone thank you very much uh for tuning in once again the the support we get from this community is tremendous we love each and every one of you uh high button sports you know i don't know what i'd do without it but without high button sports i know it wouldn't be successful without you. So thank you. I appreciate all those views, all the listens, all the clicks, the downloads, the comments, the shares, the likes, the whatever the hell you guys are doing to interact with us. It's, uh, it, you know, thank you. I owe you guys everything. All right, we're out. Peace. Have a good week. The black to the black. Heard a nigga just got. Uh, the guard within me won't allow these niggas to protect me. I keep the peaceful, squeeze it till my clip is empty. They resent me because I'm counting all these blessings heaven sent me. I caught the 9 11, now I'm thinking about the Bentley. You get me? I had to take this shit, nobody let me accept me. So I could give a fuck if you accept me. One thing that's for sure, bitch, you gon' respect me. Like I'm a flesh, do your best not to sweat the technique. Cause behind the smoke and mirrors, niggas all reflect me. And I will fuck with your bitches if my over let me. Or if you're over, just tune into my frequencies. We exposed to secrecies, screaming rest in peace to Steve. We all got the power, you just gotta be. You can see for yourself when you stay connected to source, you won't need nothing else. Still, I went and caught me the pause just for my mental health. I guess I couldn't help myself. I'm screaming now. Ran on 11 off the lot, off the lot. It ain't even cost me a lot. Yeah, took that bitch back to the black, to the black. Heard a nigga just got. Ran on 11 off the lot, off the lot. Back to the black, to the black. Heard a nigga just got got. Hey yo, you went to your bitches, he told you. The first time I got knocked, was on mashing on my feet, stepping dope before you. Body in the Bentley trunk, spoil you. All your base out of space.
look like precious. You got choppers in that mess. You do sign black now. Black now. You got choppers in that mess. Tales tell me. 